My next guest on Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak, is Iris Acker from iVision Trade. We discuss Black History Month and learn stories from Ghana and Tulsa. Iris demystifies the belief system surrounding Black Lives Matter and shares more about the journey to empower Black people psychologically and economically. An incredibly interesting lady. Let's find out more. Iris, welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak. How are you doing? Wonderful. Hi there, Ali. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I am doing extremely well and I hope that you are doing the same. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am. I mean, it, it's unprecedented times for everybody at the moment, isn't it? Let's face Absolutely. it. October is Black History Month, isn't it? Absolutely, I mean, yes. Um, I mean, ordinarily, would you go to events or get-togethers? With me personally, um, what I tend to try to do is, I believe it's a wonderful opportunity um, and a platform to educate and liberate. Um, as the name states or suggests, Black Lives Matter. And then we're talking about Black History Month. And it's, um, it's, it's quite, it's quite sad. it actually saddens my spirit that we confine Black history to a month when Black history is something that should be educated upon and celebrated all year round. And the way that I see it, that is the source of empowerment and liberation that is needed to make Black lives matter. And uh, so when you, when you mention events, I mean, that's all good and well, et cetera, in terms of what's going on. And I, and I, I respect everybody who's doing their bit to raise awareness in this month in particular, but I am looking to implore people to do this all year round because it is an issue. If you see with what's going on with Black Lives Matter and all of this that's been campaigned, it's an issue which can be best addressed if we are educated around the around the clock. What do I mean by that? If you look into, for example, our academic system here in the UK, um, in the schooling system, I mean, right from primary school to secondary school, even to university level, the history revolves around the British Empire, the colonial rule, Christopher Columbus. And if you hear the narratives are all about the conquering of the British and the conquering of this and the conquering of that. However, if I was to speak and I, and I sit down and I encourage and inspire and do motivational speaks with various groups of um, young people, women. And when I sit down and, and listen, I ask the question, what's your history? Young black boy or black girl or black man, black, what is your history? And what's the history of your people? Tell me, they will respond along the lines of um, slavery, oppression. And it's always the same narrative, but they don't have stories about conquering and, and, and being victorious and a rule. Like, and I, I, it always used to bewilder me and I'll, I'll round this bit off. And I just came to acknowledge in doing my research because I'm actually a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawyer based in the UK. Um, I've come away from that a bit more on my entrepreneurial pursuit in the fight for freedom and the living of purpose. The one thing that I discovered is that it's not, it's not that the stories don't exist, but where are they? Who has taken them away? Why do we not know about how we have conquered and our stories? And for the lack of knowledge, people perish. And 
I have, so that's what I will simply start by saying. So yes, Black History Month is wonderful, but I wish, and it's my dream to ensure that I do my part for the history and the empowerment to go beyond this month, because that is what truly brings power to the people. And that's what truly makes Black Lives Matter. When you know your power um, over a system that holds you in chains, you know that you can break free and you know how. It's been done before and you are motivated and inspired and empowered to do the same. Well, as I say, Iris, I mean, you, you know, you are, you know, somebody who is happy to speak out. I mean, a lot of people aren't happy right. to speak out, you know, are they? I mean, I think yeah. that you're brilliant at, you know, speaking out and empowering people. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, you know and recognise you know, your story and where your, you know, parents came from. And yeah. I mean, you're, you've got Ghanaian roots, haven't you? 100%. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't deny and I don't go to the place, oh, I'm not British, I'm just got. I am of Ghanaian heritage. I was actually born in Ghana, came here when I was actually three years old. Okay, so that's, so it's, it's, it's yeah, so that's literally it. But I am essentially Ghanaian. And um, it's very relevant to you mentioning that because I am an Ashanti, okay? I have my, my, my mother is Ashanti, my father is in Zima. The way that it works is that you're, you're, you're the tribe of your mother. So I am a Ashanti woman, okay? And I remember someone, I only, and this is when I realized there was a huge problem. Back to this issue of knowing your history. There is a saying that you need to know where you are coming from to know where you are going. So if, concerning history there's this lost heritage and lost information is it then any surprise that there is some confusion about identity that that is a, an exceptional point because as you said i mean we're not taught at school are we right Every, do you know any stories of like any kings or african queens for example if i was to ask you do you know any african king or queen that conquered or that did anything Africa even though we have engaged with the British quite extensively to the extent that there is an Anglo-Ashanti establishment you wouldn't even be able to respond until I was intentional about finding out I wouldn't even be able to respond and I'm one of the more aware so you understand so that's when I realized hold on how then does anybody else who's a bit further from even the African or the Caribbean heritage where they, they would class themselves as an African-American or an Afro-Caribbean, or I, I've got some black in me. How do they even begin to know who they are, where they come from? And that's what I say. The saying is, you need to know where you are, where you're coming from, to know where you are going. So then, the path forward and knowing that, hold on, we have the power to do this. Is that it, it's blurred, it's diluted. Do you understand? And that's why role models are important. These stories, this history is important. If you look at when President Obama came into power, I looked at the, you know, the statistics. And it showed that in the years that he was in power, black businesses boomed. Can you imagine it? It boomed because there was a public figure who had risen above the oppression, got into a position of power, and it let people know, guess what? Even though there is oppression in these chains, you can actually fight, and by a greater power, you can liberate yourself and, and take your place, take your throne. Really yes. President Obama was as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, you <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised. I know a lot of people. I I try not to get too political. And I mean, that's a very important part of black history as well, isn't it, yeah. really? It Modern is. day black history. Yes. Um, and, 
before you launch into modern day black history, sorry, Ellie, before you launch into, there's just something that I wanted to address, okay? Because you mentioned, we've talked about history. We've also talked about my heritage. And I just wanted to share, remember I took you into a, a little bit of a journey. I'd love you to share it. It's a, it's a wonderful story and one that Absolutely. should be shared. Thank you so much. And I respect people like you. And, and, and this is the thing I, I want to also proclaim on this message. It's not the black people versus white people. It's an issue of empowerment and equality. And the reason why we have to put ourselves on and have these conversations is because those who are at the source of power, they are not identifying the real problem. The real problem is there was a colonial rule. It still persists. Yes, you did go into people's countries. You did raid it. You did rape them. You did leave these people feeling robbed. If you cannot acknowledge that you are the source of the problem, we can't even begin to address the issue. That's why Black Lives Matter resounds something that's more of a sentiment of people screaming to be valued in a system that wasn't almost, that wasn't created to favor them. And that's why these, so I, I respect you because I'm a Christian, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. I'm all for love and unity. Humanity, we are one. However, these conversations need to be had out so that there is an equilibrium and so that there is the balance. That Do you know what, Iris, I always say, we're all skin and bones anyway, aren't we? That, that, that's listen if, if they cut you if they cut me they shoot you shoot me we all bleed okay so where yeah. then has this concept of superiority come from and that's what we need to attack and by getting to the source of the problem and finding the solution that is how we find a way forward so now let me show you share you with you the wonderful story of this ashanti queen now some of you may know even you'll find that even africans or Caribbeans or black people don't know this story. And that's why it's so important. I want to be part of that change that I want to see. Okay, so we're talking about the 1900s. We're talking about power to the people, history and knowledge that has been taken away. So let me share you with you this story for empowerment. This is the story of how the Ashantis stood up to the British colonial rule and defended their dignity, their honor and the people, their sovereignty as the Ashanti kingdom, okay? So the Ashanti kingdom is, is now what is known under the Republic of Ghana, okay? But prior to that, they were their own entity, okay? And there is a story of the War of the Golden Stool. If you look in, in a lot of um, Ashanti African cultural print, you'll see sometimes this golden stool. And essentially the golden stool was like a symbol of unity, sovereignty. There's stories that it even rained from heaven. Obviously, it was just that it was it was like the pride of the people, okay, and it unified the people in various different ways. So within the colonial rule, so what you had is after you you basically had there there was an Ashanti uprising um, in a series of conflicts between the United Kingdom and the Ashanti Empire, okay, and after several several prior wars with British troops. The Ashantis once again were occupied by the British. This was January 1896, okay? And then in the 1900, the Ashanti staged an uprising, okay? And the, the British suppressed their violence and then they captured the city of Kumasi. That's one of the main cities in Ghana. And the Ashanti king was exiled. He was exiled to the Seychelles. So now you leave the Ashanti king the Shanti people, the king's been taken away, so they've tried to, you know, cut the head of the snake so that everyone would be lost and just give in. And then you had the, the elders coming together, what are we going to do? You know, they, they, they're, a, they're a greater force than us, they have guns, they have this, they have that. 
And then so some of them were even thinking of giving in and giving up. And then came this queen. Now this, she was the queen mother, okay? And she is known as, today celebrate her, know her name. We're talking about Black History Month. She's known as Ya Asantua, okay? Ya Asantua. And she was the queen mother the area of, of this was a, a gistle okay she was the queen mother and essentially she was not having any of it she absolutely and if you literally google her and right now i'm gonna i'm gonna read to you one of her quotes which is one of, a powerful quote she sat down with the elders and this is the reason why i'm also mentioning this and emphasizing this we have this misogynistic concept that you know women are oppressed in the african place and black and if you look black women amongst all black people are the most oppressed because we've got the whole oppression with being female because there's a women rights movement so we've got that against us and then we've got the black statistical rule against us also so you'll see that black women are some of the most oppressed when we talk about races and sexes sexes okay but this is ya santua so with that being said why is this story then not circulated to change the notion of that ask yourself the question ya santua stood up and she said if you the men I'm gonna say it with accent and emphasis so you get the, 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 you feel it. If you, the men will not go forward, then we will. We, the women will. I shall call upon my fellow women. We will fight the white men. We will fight till the last of us falls in the battlefields. That was Ya Asantwa. There was even one point where they, they, they paraphrase something that she said, she says, and if, you're going to allow them to oppress you and overtake you and you don't know who you are, I will exchange my undergarments for your royal robes. And she rallied up the troops. The result of her spirit and her faith and her empowerment, she rallied up the troops and then there was a war and they fought, okay? They fought the British and they, this, this war was a, 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 it was a crazy war because you had, um, People, the amount of people that died were literally in the thousands, okay? And what basically had occurred, the, 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 what had occurred leading to this war is basically a general, a British general came to the Ashanti people. Not only were they trying to take, take and attack and take over, but they also wanted their golden stool. I've told you about how precious the golden stool is to the people. Can you imagine a nation coming to the UK and say, guys, we want your crown jewels to wear them, sit on them and treat it how we, you must be joking. You must be joking, but that's what happens to the Ashanti people led by Field Marshal Sir Garnet Joseph Wolseley at the Royal Asante Palace at Kumasi during the Anglo-Ashanti War, which occurred from 1873 and 1874. Okay, it now, it's now in Oxford at Pitt Rivers Collection. Does that sound like an African place? No. Like I said, they defended their honor, etc. But these are the types of stories that's not known. When I hear those political parties, I hate them so much, I don't even know their names. And they, 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 you know, you get them recorded and they say they, 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 they'll round up like maybe black people are not so educated and say, go back to your country. Ignorance, isn't it? That's ignorance, that's right. But then that ignorance is the sentiment of the British nation on a whole. And that's why 
Black Lives Matter has come in at a point which is so crucial because that ignorance resounds. And what do we, we mean? When we say ignorance, we talk about lack of knowledge. So we're screaming Black Lives Matter and dealing with these microaggressions. I think you and I we were talking the other day how you know, it's just saying things right now, it's, 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 it's tensions. And someone even made a, a comment saying, people are acting in the UK that like black people only just came out. <laughs> like we just, came, we just only came out. And for me, been well that that's been addressed. And when we look at the police brutality and what's recently gone on that's kicked off this concerning this race issue, is very simple. We saw what went on with the neck, the, 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 the knee on the neck that led to the death that kicked this all off, okay? And for me, that officer is just a byproduct of the system that exists, of the hierarchy, of the problem that hasn't been addressed. Do you understand? It's not, it's not the issue. The issue is the things that we're talking about today, dealing with it at the source. Okay, even at the source to empower people. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, number one, is it for the people? Is it by the people? Is the concept for the people? Is it by the people? And then number two, does it address the main issues that causes the problem to persist? I think it does. It's a fantastic movement. It is a fantastic movement and it needs to happen. And it needs to, you know, people need to, to understand equality. You know, you need to, everybody needs to re-educate themselves, not just to do with black history. Well, a lot of it is history, actually, though, isn't it? Let's face it, because stuff gets handed down to, right. you know, from your parents. And that's how you learn in life, isn't it? Right. So it, it's a lot of re-education, you know, I, I think is, is what we're kind of like looking at, which is, you know, why Black Lives Matter is such a great movement. Because, I mean, they didn't just exist this year, did they? They've existed for quite a few years. Yeah, okay, yes. Okay, so, so, so that we are, we are clear and I distinguish the point I'm trying to make in comparison to yours. The movement is absolutely wonderful. And like, like you said, awareness to everyday people, fantastic, smashing stuff. My problem is this, does the movement address the issue at the source? When I say that, I'm talking about, let's take a look at, for example, let's take a look at um, Africa, the Caribbean, okay? When, when I'm talking about the source, the source of the issue, and I'm gonna, I'm, 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 like you said, I'm outspoken, I'm gonna say it how it is, because I've been traveling, I've been speaking to diplomats and people in power around the world, okay? And when I look and I, I, I say, is the, because we've already identified in the past due to this colonial tyranny, that is why we're even in the situation. I wouldn't be in this country and some people, a lot of people wouldn't be in America if they weren't taken from their home. So when you say go back to their country, you'd have out of their country. And that's how this country became their country. So the next time anyone ignorant makes that statement, I need to educate on that. Please understand we didn't voluntarily just come over, okay? We, things were taken from us and we were brought over to an extent. And so we, by then, the became part of the colonial rule. So you can, I'm just saying, Britain, the Britain, etc. That, that's a very ignorant concept. It is your country. And that's why you deserve to fight for your rights because you have earned your place to be here. So the, now I'm talking about we're talking about Black Lives Matter. When you when I go back to Ghana, for example, I looked at Africa. I'm going to keep it very general so that we don't get technical, we don't get conspiracy theory line. I'm talking factual things. When you see, I see how, for example, the Chinese, for example, they're being allowed to 
settle and do certain things. I'm seeing certain things that's going on with the West still going on. And I'm seeing, for example, gold mines and, and resources still owned by the British and people who do not necessarily immediately have the interest of the land at heart. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this- and that's I'm just, a very good point. That's right. a very good point. Right. So then I, I, I take a trip to Dubai because um, I have affiliations with a representative of the Ashanti King. He's one of my mentors, absolutely great guy. He's also on the FIFA panel um, and he, he's, he's actually great. He's always inspired me. OK. And one thing because of an event that occurred, they were um, invited as honoraries to a big commodities financial market event in 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 Dubai and I so I was also given VIP invitation by the grace of God went out there and I just studied the the Emiratis a bit more and I and I just realized how young UAE was when I was eight years old six years old UAE as it was didn't exist it was a desert wasteland okay however they came mm -hmm. and acknowledged what they had in terms of their resources etc and if you see how they have made their decisions you will not go to the UAE and find any of the oil mines are owned by an African man. I just want to make a point or solely owned by a British man. They saw the power that they had, they owned it, and they made sure that they act and operate in a way where they serve their people first. Gold mines that were owned purely by white people, they employed South Americans. They had neighboring African Ghanaian towns and cities nearby, impoverished, sick, broke, but then we're talking about multi-million establishment right on your doorstep. What you're saying is basically that they've um, just been taking countries' resources and not thinking about, yeah, no, I get it. My point is simply this, okay? As a result of what's been allowed to happen, even at the source of where black people are from, Africa, Caribbean, black lives don't matter. So if black lives are not prioritized even at the source, how then can black lives even begin to matter at the scale it needs to matter in the diaspora? You understand where I'm coming from? So when I say black lives matter over here and what's going on, I'm saying that's the byproduct. That is just an element. That is the, imagine there's this ground level, ground racism and belief suppression. That is just a reflection of the hierarchy, the system that be, and the problem starts in our countries. So if we want to make Black Lives Matter, we need to get into a place where we're having these real conversations. We're talking about education, my empowerment. That is how we bring power to the people. When we address this at the source, it's like a cancer. If you've got a cancer in place and you're losing your hair, you're not going to get hair removal cream or a wig to address the cancer. If you try to do that, you're addressing the symptoms of the cancer. Black Lives Matter, addressing symptoms. Hair's falling out, you're, you're being racist to my people. The symptom, that's not the problem. When you have to go for chemo, extract that cancer. So let's, 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 that's when you get to the source of the problem. So how do, is that practically done? Well, two things have to happen. Not necessarily everyone has to return back to Africa. No, not necessarily. But the governments and people in control need to have a global conversation. How do we put an infrastructure or framework in place to allow people to connect and the resources and empowerment to happen. Because like, for example, I'm here, I have a lot of knowledge now, a lot of wisdom. That is for, as, as far as I know gold. So yes, our gold and stuff was taken, but now I came over here, I'm educated. I'm enlightened, more enlightened than a lot of my brothers and sisters at home. What am I doing with that gold? Am I dying with it out here, screaming at the oppressor Black Lives Matter? Or am I starting to think, how about I become the change that I want to see? And that's why I agree to come on here to just resound that message. Completely agree with what you're saying. 
Um, it, it, it is a mammoth task, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, as, as we said, we, we've all been shocked this year in the middle right. of the pandemic, especially yeah. with you know, the, the pictures and the video of, of George Floyd, um, who sadly lost his life. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been really an eye opener, but it's not just you're right, the, the police force, or you can't just say, all right, let, okay, let's do away with every single police force right, in case that happens, true. all that happens. Um, you, you're right, you need to go to the people that actually put the authority, that put, puts the structure in place. Now we are getting to the crux of the matter. Now we are getting to the crux of the matter. And that's exactly what essentially needs to happen it's we, we're talking about solutions a solution orientated approach that's how i operate in business that's how i operate with law that's how i get results so when i see that that is not what is being implemented and we are now screaming black lives matter what that is like to me is like you're screaming at somebody who doesn't like imagine you're in a relationship an abusive relationship and you you're, you're i'm a woman you're a man and i'm like baby i matter my life matters every day don't you know i matter don't you know my worth if you're having to do that in a relationship all the time, the question is, should you be in a relationship? And is there not a really big problem? Do you understand? So all I just want to do is just bring to the attention that the, 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 the crying out is painful. I think conversation is... Conversation. Yes, is important. Yeah. Being honest with ourselves. Being honest with ourselves. Proper communication. That's it. That is important. It's necessary. Yes. Um, so yes, and, and, and also education and empowerment. I'll, I'll, let me just make a point on something, Ali. If you actually look, because this is, again, people do not know when we talk, uh, we've, gone, we've gone into history. Now let's talk about something closer to these times. If you, for example, look in America, okay? In America, after we did the whole slavery thing and now we've been released, okay? we as a people, I'm um, giving you talking about Black History Month, we're educating for empowerment. We as a people started building up our own economies. This is another lost story or story that is just not known of. Who knows of the Tulsa race massacre? The Tulsa race massacre, let's just, let me cut straight into it. There was the black people, this was a place of affluence. After they were given their freedom, they, we will build our towns, our cities, own our best. We will do our thing for prosperity, for wealth, absolutely. And that is what they did. It was a thriving, booming establishment, okay? Can you imagine, because a lot of people think they're blind, when black people, black areas, you always ghetto run down areas and areas of, of benefits or if you're in um and if, if you're in, in um, states listening to this you know the projects and that's what you think of but here is the concept where Tulsa was booming affluence wealth that is what was going on now as a result of this rise they tried to own their knowledge own their power build back up you had literally a massacre that went on okay and it has been called this is Wikipedia, I am quoting quote for quote, okay, it said this, the Tulsa race massacre called the race riot, the Greenwood massacre, the Black Wall Street massacre, the Tulsa program, that's all the different, different names for it, okay, took place on May 31st and June 1st, 1921, when mobs of white residents most of them deputized and given weapons by city officials attacked by black attacked black residents and businesses of the Greenwood district in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It has been called the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. 
the attack carried out on the ground and from private aircraft destroyed more than 35 blocks of district. At that time, the wealthiest, at that time, the wealthiest black community in the United States known as Black Wall Street and clothes. They obliterated. Literally, quite literally, Ali. They had this set up, they were thriving, they were doing well, and it was burnt down. The black people suddenly started building up, getting their power back, burnt down. So we're talking about Black Lives Matter. These are the things I'm talking about. And so like I said, the little microaggressions that's been addressed and making us feel a bit more comfortable. No, that's the, take a seat. Yes, we have a, just take a seat and feel comfortable. No, give the power back. So how, what I'm trying to say is we need knowledge. We need empowerment. We need to, our economics, the source of that in Africa, Caribbean, the UK, America. Thank you so much for coming no, on. Thank you. CEO of iVision Trade.